Hey guys, welcome back. It's Tuesday. Thanks for tuning in. For those of you who are watching on YouTube, stick around after for a special musical presentation. Okay, so a quick recap. This is uh, Sex and the City Kitty Girl. Sex and the Kitty Girl Part 3? Something like that. Um, quick recap. Manila has just been sent home, which is probably the biggest upset of the season. She was never in the bottom. She was always either safe or winning, but she was a strong contender for the other girls, and so it made her a threat. And once Naomi saw that threat, she went in for the kill and boom, got rid of her. Uh, Naomi and Monet were in the top, and ultimately Naomi won and took out her strongest competitor in the moment in a moment of weakness. Um, and mostly it was because Latrice was also in the bottom, and Latrice had saved... Naomi the week before, and so Naomi felt this certain loyalty to Latrice. She felt that she had to save her because Latrice had saved her. So, um, Manila has just been sent home. I just said that already. Oh, I'm going backwards in my notes here. Sorry, guys. Um, now, okay, so once they're back in the workroom, we learn that Monet would have also chosen Manila to go home, but she admits that her choosing Manila was revenge for Manila having chosen her, um, her lipstick a few weeks before. You know, had she won her lipstick battle, but instead it was um, Latrice who ended up getting sent home. So, and you know, as they say, revenge is a dish best served cold and when you least expect it. So that's exactly what Monet did. She was going in for the kill. And as Trinity basically points out, Manila was sent home because she was competition. And it's true. Um, Naomi saw her as a threat and she needed to get rid of her because she was one of the strongest players out there. And, I mean, when you're that weak, what do you do? You do got to get rid of the stronger ones so that you can, you know, advance forward in the competition. Um, so this week's challenge is an acting challenge. Now, if you uh, ask Jared Lee over at Pretty Dumb Podcast... Um, the acting challenges, he says, are the worst. They're poorly written, they're badly acted. I kind of agree sometimes. I mean, that 90210 from a few years back was kind of funny, but I think that was just because it was being directed by, you know, um, some of our, you know, 90210 girls, uh, Jeannie Garth and, um, and what's-her-face, uh, Tori Spelling. So I think that's kind of what made it a little bit more worth it. Otherwise, it probably would have been a little bad. But... Naomi is the winner from the previous week, so she gets to assign the parts for this week. And here's where she fails us already. She picks her part, and then she just kind of lets the rest of the girls pick their parts. And even when she has that moment where she can st step up and kind of assign when Trinity and Monet both want the same part, she doesn't assign a part, she just kind of has them do rock, paper, scissors to see who gets the part which is dumb. You're in charge of assigning, assign the parts. That's just what you gotta do. So Monique spends the entire time basically talking about how great she is and how fabulous she is and how she's done a lot. She has a lot of theater experience in the auditorium and she has a lot of performing experience in the church shows. And I'm kind of having a hard time, like I can't tell if she's being serious, like she thinks she's amazing because of this, or if she's just kind of hamming it up and showing that she really doesn't care. She's not worried too much about it because she does have this, you know, experience. And experience is experience. I can't knock it. I mean, performing in a church is not like, it's not like you're on Broadway, but you're still performing. So, I mean, really, it is, 
its experience. And same with going for, you know, high school theater. I know plenty of people who started out in community theater, high school theater, that kind of thing, and have gone on to do fabulous, amazing things. So maybe, you know, maybe Monique is serious. Maybe she does have all this experience and she's amazing. All right, so into the challenge. This challenge is a behind-the-scenes look at the third Sex in the Kitty movie. And it's basically the girls are doing a scene as the characters and then cut and they break away and they're now the actual actresses from Sex and the City. So it's kind of a skit within a skit. So, of course, Naomi has taken Sarah Jessica Parker for herself because she's like, you know, of course I'm going to give myself the biggest role. I have so much to prove. I have to prove how great I am. Ugh. Okay, so most times when the girls give themselves the biggest roles, they fail at it. They do. It's just, I don't know if it's the pressure. I don't know if it's just because they can't actually handle what they're doing, but they fail. And she failed. Watching her deliver those lines, it was like watching Club 96 all over again. She was like, I'm going to do a line and pose. I'm going to do a line and pose. I'm going to do a line and pose. It's not acting. That's just posing. You're being a model, which is what you know how to do is be a model. You can't do much of anything else. Monique, however, was giving me life. She was channeling Kristen Johnston. She was turning Kristen into a black woman, and it was brilliant. I mean, the facial features that she was giving, her just, her mannerisms when she was talking, I could see that being Kristen Johnson. It was awesome. I was loving it. Trinity's faces, her orgasm faces that she was doing as the oversexed uh, Sex and the City character, you don't get to see a lot of it until the after reel when the girls are watching it on the runway, but still, like, it was everything. It was amazing. I was loving it. I was living for it. All right, on to the runway. Uh, Kitty Couture is the theme to follow the Sex and the Kitty theme that was going on. Rue's dress was cute, but it didn't really scream Kitty Couture to me. It was kind of like, I don't know. I like it when the outfits that they're doing fit the theme. Like Michelle's glasses were kind of kitty-like, you know? I like it when they fit that theme for the runway in some way or another just to kind of show what, you know, have everything tied together. Um, it was a short dress once again, which was good because it was showing off Rue's long stems. It wasn't one of those big caftan numbers that she was wearing previously, so I liked that. All right, the girls, the looks, the runway. Trinity. Oh, I have one word for you, girl. Meow. You took the challenge and made it pussy perfection. Can I say that? I can say pussy perfection, right? Because that's what it was. She was a pussycat. She embodied the kitty couture with that outfit, with her cat bodysuit and her cat makeup. And it was, it was amazing. Uh, Monet came out in this pink vinyl outfit that I got little piggy from. Michelle later got mouse from, so I'm not sure. But, I mean, with the ears and the face. Um... I wish it had at least some sort of fur-like print somewhere on it to give it that, you know, animal look because it just didn't scream cat for me at all. It was just like a mouse or something. Uh, Latrice Royale, your dress was stunning, but it didn't really say Kitty Couture. It, it screamed more like a safari princess to me. It had like this lion face on the front and it was kind of airbrushed with different, you know, like zebra print and other stuff. And it was, it was a gorgeous gown. It just wasn't, I needed something more. I needed some fur somewhere in the hair, even though it was a, 
you know, kind of a crimped wig, but I needed just something, a tail, I don't know. I just needed something a little bit more, some sort of fur cuffs maybe to make it say cat, but uh, Naomi. So a lot of people are like, oh, I loved Naomi. She was great. She was amazing. And I got her concept that she was going as. She was going as um, like crazy cat lady with the yarn balls in her hair and her yarn ball earrings and stuff. But to me, it said more of a five-year-old playing dress up than it did cat lady and it didn't really say couture to me either um it might have worked on a different challenge but it just for me i wasn't having it and you pair that up with her bad sarah jessica parker it was just wasn't it wasn't memorable for me at all monique again oh another cat suit girl and i loved it it was everything the the Puss in Boots hat, the big, huge, floppy hat that you had, and the big shoes, girl. It was perfection. It was, and the face, you did good this week, Monique. You did good. And you couple that in with your acting challenge. You were one of the more memorable ones up there, you and Trinity. I loved watching you both up there. Um, you may not have had a whole lot of lines to do, but you made it work. And that's these girls' problems and a lot of them is they say, I'm going to give myself the most lines so I can show what I have to do and then they flatline. And it's usually the girls who have the least amount of lines who are giving you the faces or giving you something in the background. They're stealing that attention and that's what makes them worth watching. So here we go. So we're looking at the challenge now. Um, Naomi, Sarah Jessica Parker, where are your pants? You came out in like this pink diamond cut top with no pants and i mean okay you we're talking about how you like you really love sex in the city you've watched the episodes like five times each you just you love it it's so amazing and i'm kind of wondering if you actually did watch it or if you just said you watched it because i mean i've seen like two episodes but i've seen enough to know that sarah jessica parker's character would be wearing more than just a short top like she would be wearing a lot more than that and your character was not lovable. And that's one of the other things with that character. She's a lovable character. I mean, that's... You have that dynamic of the girls. You have, you know, the slutty one. You have the bitchy one. You have the career-driven one. You have the lovable one. And you just weren't... This group didn't quite have that dynamic with some of those. You know, you did have the work-oriented one. You did have the constant sex-crazed one. I'm not exactly sure what Monet was supposed to be i was kind of getting lost on her character as well but i don't know maybe i have to go back and watch the sex in the city series maybe um or maybe it's just i hate i dislike monet's or sorry dislike naomi so much that it's just not liking anything that she does so i don't know what do you guys think world out there if you guys are listening watching uh chime in let me know send me a message tell me do i am i just crazy is Naomi really that good and I'm just missing it? I don't know. Uh, Trinity and Monique, however, were giving me life with their faces and their characters. They slayed the acting challenge. Uh, Monet was fun to watch, but again, I couldn't quite figure out what she was doing. I couldn't quite figure out what her character was, so I was just getting... It was lost on me a little bit. Um, and even her runway look, I just... I couldn't quite... I was like, why are we dressed as a pig or a mouse I don't know and it was just too much pink maybe maybe that's what it was it was just so much pink because I'm like why would you do that as a cat I just I don't know so 
Michelle and I, however, we did agree on something here, with, and that was that Naomi was horrible as Sarah Jessica Parker. Uh, she was not doing the role justice at all. I think that she should have actually just offered to swap places with Manila, and she should have been like, you know what, I'm going to go home, let Manila come back in, because she deserves to be here, not me. But that's just my opinion again. I don't know. Maybe I'm just jaded. Um, so here we go. The tops and the bottoms. Uh, Monique and Trinity are in the top, and it's well-deserved. Those two were just amazing on the whole, the challenge, uh, the runway. They just, they really captured the essence of the Kitty Couture and of the Sex and the Kitty sketch. So, and for this week, if you're not in the top, you are in the bottom, because this is, after all, the last episode before the finale, so they need to get into that top four. Um... So, of course, they're going through. They're trying to get ready. They're talking to the girls about, you know, who should stay, who should go. And they're kind of sitting down and talking with them. But, I mean, Trinity is being very no-nonsense. She's basically saying, I haven't made my decision yet. Tell me why I should choose you. But here's what I'm basing it on. She's like, I'm not only basing it on the report card, but I'm basing it on how well I think the girls that, I, that are picked will represent the RuPaul brand and will represent the, you know, what this show has come to mean in the community I don't want to just pick someone who did good this week and, you know, have them not be able to represent the company very well. Um, so Naomi and Latrice are in the bottom, and now they're basically turning on each other because they have to say, okay, well, who do you think I should send home and who do you think I should let stay? So, of course, Naomi is like, oh, my God, you should send home Latrice, even though I saved her last week, but she's doing horrible. And Latrice is like, bitch, excuse me, you think that they should pick me? Well, then I'm going to say they should pick you. Because, you know, you are not that great either. And so they're just kind of like going back and forth, back and forth. And Monet, of course, is just like, I don't deserve to be here in the bottom. Like, this is, I haven't been in the bottom yet. What the heck? I've only been in there once. Why am I in the bottom? You know, and so it's kind of like that. Cause, and it is true. Like, they're saying, why should I be in the bottom just because, you know, everyone has to be in the bottom if you weren't in the top. They think that someone should have been safe. But... Um, and there's also some that are hinting that Latrice should be saved because she is so beloved outside the realm of the show. And it is true. She is probably one of the more respected queens from the season, or at least one of the most lovable characters of the season. Um, there's just something about Latrice that's just so endearing. But I don't know if that is enough to save her. Can she do the brand justice? Um, I don't know. Maybe. Um, I will say this though, I, I loved Trinity's look for the lip sync, and I actually for once liked Monique's face. She wasn't giving me brown cows stunning this time, she actually, she painted nicely. Um, I loved their costumes, I loved their little breakaway reveal moments, it was good, it was fun to watch. It was not a boring lip sync, and they didn't feel necessary to throw out a whole bunch of tricks like I'm gonna start sitting here and doing backflips or doing the death drops or all that kind of stuff. They actually just performed, and it was fun. Uh, so, of course, by the end of the night, you have to have a winner. You have to have a loser, not a loser, but a non-winner, I guess. Um, and Trinity secured her spot in the top four. Boom, won the lipstick. And who did she pick to send home? Unfortunately, it was the beloved Latrice Royale. She sent her packing, and Latrice says, she said, I've already said goodbye once, I'm not going to do it again, and off she went. She didn't give a little goodbye moments or anything like that. So this is Latrice's, what, fourth time going home? She went home, you know, in her original season, and then in the first All-Stars that she did, and then twice in this one, so four times 
she has said goodbye on that runway to us. So, um, but there you go. We have it. We have a top four. Um, Trinity, Monique, Monet, and Naomi, which, as they pointed out to uh, Miss Trinity, is pretty much a melanin-dominant um, top four. Though, I don't know. I mean, sometimes attitude-wise, I'm pretty sure they consider Trinity to be a black woman, but... There you have it. So which team are you guys on? Um, hashtag it out there. Send it out to the world. Let them know. Hashtag Trinity. Hashtag Monique. Hashtag Monet. Or hashtag Naomi. Um, let them know. Send it out to RuPaul's Drag Race. Because, of course, you know they do want to see whose people's favorites are, see who they should pick, that kind of thing. Um, and then don't forget, tune in next week on VH1 as they will crown a new all-star. Um, and then... We go right into season 11 on February 28th. We barely have, what, five minutes to take a break before we go back into it? But hey, I know everyone is geared up for that. People are excited. People want to see what uh, season 11 has to offer. Well, thanks for uh, tuning in, guys. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button, follow, or like button. You know, whichever what platform you're on, each one has their own little buttons to follow. But uh, follow the show on Spotify. We're also on Apple Podcasts. You can also check us out on YouTube if you're not doing that already. And then you can watch this uh, podcast as I film it and see how expressive my face gets, as uh, Jared over at Pretty Dumb puts it. Um, we do offer many streaming platforms, so go and check out your favorite one. If you're not sure where you can find us at exactly, go to thetaylordillonshow.com, and we do have a listing of all of the various podcast links and stuff, so you can find us on those, or you can also just search it out, thetaylordillonshow.com, see what, sorry, thetaylordillonshow, see what comes up, uh, streaming-wise. Um... Don't forget, after you're done with this, go ahead and check out some of our sister station shows like the Pretty Dumb Podcast and Lolita and Frenemies. Um, so again, remember, hit the subscribe button, hit the like button, hit the follow button, and thanks for checking us out. Um, for those of you who are sitting here and watching on YouTube, we uh, actually have a little video um, we're going to be doing in a moment here for you guys. Um, my One of my besties, one of my girls, her daughter was just performing in... Waikiki over the weekend at Hard Rock Cafe, and I went down, checked her out. She was she was great. She was amazing. She was fun. She was cute. I liked it. Uh, so I'm gonna play a little clip of it here somewhere. I'm gonna post that up uh, for you guys to watch. I'm just gonna do a small portion of it because you know I'm sure like copyright laws and all that, and they're gonna be like, oh, that's not your music to play. So, but I just just want to give you a little sample of what she sounded like because it was cute, and I. I braved the storm this weekend to get out there and watch it. So um, for those of you who don't know, Waikiki was having some crazy storm, most of Hawaii. And a lot of us, we lost power and stuff. But I was driving through Waikiki this weekend, and it was a lot of trees that were blowing over and debris in the road and the sidewalk. And it was kind of like, ah, this is a little scary to drive through. But I braved the storm to head down to Hard, hard Rock and check her out. So I'm just going to play a little clip of it. And... Thanks for tuning in. We will see you guys next week, Tuesday, or maybe a different day. We'll keep you posted. We are actually going to be uh, giving our thoughts on the final episode with uh, Jared Lee over at Pretty Dumb Podcast. He wants to do another um, session with us, and this time, hopefully, it will be face-to-face, -face so we won't have the technical difficulties that we had last time. So thanks for tuning in, guys. Enjoy the music.